Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 522. The five of us got to know each other in dribs and drabs, growing familiar with each other's quirks. Dayton carefully groomed the ground where he had laid his bedroll, not just removing twigs and stones, but stomping flat every tuft of grass or lump of dirt. Hespi whistled tunelessly when she thought no one was listening, and picked her teeth methodically after every meal. Martin wouldn't eat meat that had the barest bit of pink to it, or drink water that hadn't been boiled or mixed with wine. He told the rest of us at least twice a day that we were fools for not doing the same. But in terms of odd behavior, Tempe was the prize winner of the lot. He wouldn't look me in the eye, didn't smile, didn't frown, didn't speak. Since we left the Pennysworth, he had made only one comment of his own free will. Rain would make this road another road, this forest another forest, he said each word distinctly, as if he had been deliberating on the statement all day. For all I knew, he had. He washed himself obsessively. The rest of us would take advantage of a bathhouse when we stopped at an inn. But Tempe bathed every day. If there was a stream handy... He would bathe both at night and then again when he woke. Otherwise, he would wash himself using a cloth and some of his drinking water. And twice a day, without fail, he performed an elaborate ritual stretch, his hands making careful shapes and patterns in the air. It reminded me of the slow court dances they perform in Modeg. It obviously kept him limber, but it was strange to watch. Hespi made jokes about how if the bandits asked us to dance, our sweet-smelling mercenary would be a wonderful help. But she said it quietly when Tempe was out of earshot. In terms of quirks, I suppose I was in no position to throw stones. I played my lute most evenings when I wasn't too weary from walking. I dare say it didn't improve the other's opinion of me as a tactical leader or arcanist. As we neared our destination, I grew increasingly anxious. Martin was the only one of us truly suited to this work. Dayton and Hespi would be good in a fight, but they were troublesome to work with. Dayton was argumentative and stubborn. Hespi was lazy. She rarely helped prepare meals or clean up afterward unless she was asked, and even then, her help was so grudging it was barely any help at all. And then there was Tempe, a hired killer who wouldn't look me in the eye or hold a conversation. A mercenary I firmly believed could look forward to a decent career in the Modacan Theater. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. So as I was saying on the previous page, we kind of have the, the first dimensions of these characters sketched out for us in the previous chapters. And then those dimensions are complicated by this new sense of them we get because now Quoth has gotten to know them better on the road. Uh, and Hespi is annoying. This is like, this is part of the thing that makes a relationship with Dayton interesting is like, I would not find this person attractive. She's, really irritating she whistles to herself and she picks her teeth and she doesn't help out with the chores at the camp i would not put up with that i mean i i can't speak to the not helping out but i have a very different read on hespy which is like i find this sort of like this speaks to a, a rich inner life and a warmth that she like has a musical soul she sort of whistles along to music that she's kind of hearing herself and she's very clean she picks her teeth methodically she's very carefully grooming herself so it's interesting that you and I seem to have like different knee-jerk responses to the same descriptions of Hespi. Indeed. 
Yeah, I see Hespi's, uh, like, teeth-picking habit as, like, a comfort thing. Like, it is a, it's a cleanliness thing, but I think probably it's also, like, a, a methodical comfort. And as we can all agree, that the most important part of oral health is flossing, so... Yes. She's gonna sure. have uh, no, no medieval root canals. Yes, I agree, but it is rude and annoying to floss your teeth in front of other people. They're always well, going to be traveling near on each the road. Tra- exactly. Yeah. You can't exactly retreat to the powder room. Yeah, but you can, like, because I'm sure she doesn't shit in front of them either. Okay, those are two super different things. <laughs> if you see someone picking their teeth on the subway, what do you think about that person? I mean, that's different because I'm not, like, I don't know that person. I'm not traveling with that person. Honestly, if you, if we hung out and you picked your teeth near me, I would not care. Yeah, if we were having like a sleepover, if we were going camping, and I was like flossing at the end of the day, you would. Yeah, or like if you were around the campfire and you were picking your teeth, like I don't care. Okay, perhaps we just have different standards of what's socially acceptable and what's not. I think that we can all agree that Jeremy is the asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start a new subreddit called uh, J I T A. Where we submit stories about how Jeremy is the asshole. I'm prepared to own that. I don't. I don't like this because J is also the first letter of my li- my first name. And look, I'm prepared to cop to the ha- to the fact that I have habits that other people would find disgusting, like not eating pie or donuts. No, I'm talking about like habits, not just the foods that I like to eat. But I also recognize that those are socially unacceptable. You know, I at least have the good grace to be ashamed of myself, which it doesn't seem like she does. <laughs> But getting on to, to Martin, his quirks speak to me like that. That is an interesting character beat for him. Those are survival quirks. Well, exactly. He won't eat meat that he thinks is undercooked and he won't drink water that he thinks could be contaminated, which is the kind of thing that makes sense for a guy who's made his living as a woodsman. It suggests to me that he's been brutally sick before. Yeah, exactly. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. Then when we get into Tempe, I mean, obviously we're learning a lot about, about like, ADEM culture. And cleanliness is clearly a big part of it because he insists he takes great pains to bathe twice a day. And that's obviously a big cultural difference because they all think that's pretty weird. You know, they, they do it when they have the opportunity to, like, soak in a bath at an inn, but they don't take the trouble to wash themselves in the river every day. Which, again, kind of speaks speaks to different cultural standards of cleanliness, but it also, and I wonder how deliberate this parallel is on Rothfuss's part. It does put me in mind of certain practices in, in different strains of Islam. Cause like you do like your daily ablutions, I think before you pray, I am not a Muslim. If you are a Muslim, please write in and correct me where I'm going wrong here. There is like ritual washing of the body as part of your faith. And I kind of wonder if that's part of ADEM culture, like if it's not just like a cleanliness thing, but it's also like a, a cultural practice of some kind. Do we ever find out? I don't remember. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I think it has to do with the fact that the ADEM are more mindful of their bodies. Like I think that culturally, because of their situation with language uh, and martial prowess they're very very mindful of like what their bodies are doing and the state of their bodies and that's probably why they are more into cleanliness as well because they understand uh, the maintenance of the body is extremely important 
Well, and if your comment on a previous episode about them, like having a different conception of personal space and standing much closer to each other when they talk is correct, then it also makes sense that they would want to be clean because it's no fun to stand next to like five or six sweaty, stinky people who haven't had a shower in a week. Yeah. And also their, their attitudes around sex, like they're clearly much more like friendly toward bodies. And that means they probably want their bodies to be presentable to one another. Mm. It's a good point. The uh, the the stretching dance like thing he does reminds me of something like yoga or tai chi. Absolutely, I think it is like eight M tai chi for sure. And I think we might find out later that it is like tai chi is. It's a, a fully lethal martial art that has just been slowed down to be a different kind of exercise. Because I think we see him later. Quoth goes, oh, he's doing the same thing that he did slowly, but now he's doing it fast and he just like broke a guy's spine or something. Yes, I briefly That's recall correct. that as well. So I think we are absolutely meant to make that connection. I like the character beat that they all find him odd, but none of them are going to make fun of him to his face because he's still an Adam and they don't know. He might have like crazy ninja powers they don't know about. Yeah, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's like, you know, I want to see what the quiet guy's going to do. <laughs> you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> well, listeners, you can find out what the quiet one, Jordana, is going to do hey. on uh, the next episode of Page of the Wind. Wind.